We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Another heartbreaking week of bad news in North Minneapolis. I live in North Minneapolis, as many of you know, and it's heartbreaking to hear it every time. But State Representative Esther... Agbadjay, we are um, really excited to have her join us. Who She's representing the area of North Minneapolis, part of it, and she's joining us now. A rundown of the week and talk about crime at the state legislator, at state legislator um, plus an update on some of the big items this year at the Capitol. I'm so excited to have you, Esther. May I call you Esther? Yes, definitely. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. It's good to meet you by phone. Um, you know, it's been, it's, it wears us out. I can imagine it's already wearing you out. Oh, my gosh. This week has been, like, 10 days has been a lot. Um, from the school shooting in Richfield to the Amir Locke shooting uh, where the police killed him in an apartment building, which was, you know, indirectly affected me because I lived there. Um, and then also the shooting of the two, um, of the bus driver and of the Sean Hill. Um, so it's just, it's been really tough to deal with all of that violence from so many levels. And I think it's really hard for people to continue to process that, process a new one before the old one has even been processed. And how do you process it? Um, well, you know, this particular week I have been focused on a number of kind of these community open spaces um, where people have gone to kind of just talk about how they're feeling. Um, so that's helped me um, to be able to connect with different community members um, and also just continuing to work with my colleagues on ways that we can invest in the community. We know that communities that have what they need in terms of housing stability in terms of educational and recreational resources, in terms of jobs um, that are living in healthy environments, that those are communities that don't necessarily see these upticks in crime that we're seeing across the country. Some of the things you just listed have been on our plate in the North uh, community. It's been on our plate for decades, okay? It, you know, when you talk about education, the problems with education, with, with having um, a place to live, you know, so many of the elders in the community of North Minneapolis, you know, may have to leave their homes because they can't pay the taxes anymore. We can go on and on and on. And when you hear that this just keeps happening, where do you go next or where do you go first? You know, for me, I think about what it is, like going back to the community, right? Like, and as you said, 
the answers have been there forever. So I don't think we're necessarily at a point anymore where we can keep talking about it. We know what it is. We've studied it. We have the solutions ready to go. Um, so my thing is, like, working with the community so they can be a strong force at the legislature um, where, you know, thankfully there's a number of legislators now that are really, that get it, um, that want to put forward those investments into the community. Um, but we need the community's help to kind of bring along those people who don't quite get it yet. Um, and I'll say that, you know, unfortunately, it is many of our Republican counterparts. Um, I was in a hearing on Friday and, you know, we had a bill up that would increase funding to make sure that there was housing stability for people who had uh, minor children. And all of the Democrats voted it for it in committee and none of the Republicans did. Um, so much so that they didn't even say no, they just stayed silent. So I think we, you know, we need to call that out and we need to make sure that we are actually working to fund uh, the needs that make people whole and that help people succeed and thrive in their lives. You know, we've talked many times about what to do about this problem between the Democrats and the Republicans all over the country. And in the state of Minnesota, the state legislature really has let us know the difference between the two. It is so obvious. What I don't understand is this silence that they do. I don't understand why there isn't some censure that happens or or, um, people get you know, laid off, let's put it that way, where they can't come back to work for a couple of months. I don't understand why we are allowing this to happen in the great state of Minnesota. What do you think is the one thing that we can do to make a gigantic change? It's not just voting. It's not just voting because we never get enough information, at least I don't. I never get enough information about each of the candidates uh, for the state legislature, and it's really frustrating. But there has to be something that we can key our our thoughts and heart on and really work to understand it all so that it gets better in the legislature. Because if we don't get their yes, then we don't get any. We don't get anything. Yes, exactly. You know, I think the thing outside of voting that I really want people to um, look into more um, is that political education. I think you're right. A lot of us, you know, because we have such busy lives, we're trying to make sure we're getting to work on time, we're paying the bills, we're feeding our kids. Um, but I do think it's it's incumbent on a lot of community groups, a lot of our leaders, to really take the time and explain to people what each level of government does um, where to direct your questions and also where to direct your pressure um, about issues that you want to see change. And so, you know, that's something that's coming around again. I've talked to a couple of community organizations that are really interested in kind of putting that together so people know and understand what they can be doing to get their voices heard outside of Election Day. Um, because you're right, voting isn't going to be enough. That's not the only piece of democracy. It's an important piece, but we also want to make sure that our voices are heard when it comes to protesting, when it comes to writing letter campaigns, when it comes to organizing our communities uh, to make sure that we're engaging with all stakeholders, whether they're political and elected leaders, appointed leaders, judges, or even our business community You know, there's a part of me that often thinks, wow, why can't the people 
of um, North Minneapolis actually go into the Capitol and watch, you know, the negotiations, watch what they are, what the bills are, watch what they're thinking about doing and how they're build, uh, moving our money um, and just to find out if there's something we can do about it. And I don't know if they would quiet us and say, no, you can't say anything, but I wish they would. Even if it was four people from the community that we trusted that could go in and talk to the legislature and really get our point across because we're not seeing any changes. And that's frustrating for me. Is it frustrating for you? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, and I encourage people, yes, the um, the House like offices are closed to the public because of COVID, but the Capitol building itself is open. So people can come there when we have our floor session. You can try to catch your legislator in the hallway and the Senate buildings are open. So you can make appointments to go and see your senators because um, those buildings are open. But even still, all of our meetings are broadcasted um, online. And so I would encourage people to watch those, to use their social media, to post those out so people can see and hear what's happening. Um, and you can always write in um, to any of these committees and express your viewpoint about whatever bills are coming up. And everything is listed um, as a schedule on the website. And that's something that I know many of my colleagues are trying to be better at of getting that information out in a way that's easy to uh, access. Um, but I will say that, you know, for people who are Internet savvy or have it on their phone, like you can watch us during session um, every day and hear what's happening. And there's a number of organizations, too, that work to mobilize people so that way they can um, either testify directly to us or share that information out. Can you give us the link or, or the email address or whoever, how do we find the, the, the information to get online and watch it? Yes. So if you go to the Minnesota House of Representatives website, uh, they have a page there that lists all of the um, hearings that they broadcast every day. Um, and I can also send in, I can't rattle it off. It gets kind of long, but yeah. <laughs> I can send the link to you guys too to post on your, on your webpage so people can see it. Um, Would you please and then and if I'll you let... go to your legislator's website or your legislator's Facebook page um, and you go through it, you'll see the links um, to go back to the either the Minnesota Senate or the Minnesota House of Representatives. Okay, there are some big items this year at the Capitol. Can you give us some of those updates? Yes. I think the biggest one everyone wants to know is how are we going to spend our $7.7 billion right. dollar surplus. Um, That's you right. Know, I also am a co-chair of the Posse Caucus, and so we are definitely looking at that. We want to make sure that we see significantly strong investments in housing, in education, and in public safety, but looking at it from a holistic perspective of getting the community involved in public safety. Um, I know that, you know, we're also discussing paid family leave. We're also discussing um, the pay for frontline workers. We were supposed to have done that this fall. Um, but they're, you know, the working group unfortunately couldn't come together on deciding how big those, uh, dollars should be to our healthcare workers, our school aides, our janitors, our bus drivers. Um, and so we're working to push that forward so that way, um, we can at least recognize all of the hard work that people in those professions did while, you know, during the, you know, continuing during the pandemic. Um, so those what are some about, of the things that come yeah. top of mind right now. 
So redistricting, I can't get it right tonight. Um, I'm always concerned about anyone that wants to redistrict an area in North Minneapolis, right? Um, I just wonder if if the the way we've been doing it over the decades, is it still working or is it ever changing? Um, Well, the process that has happened in the past is that the court systems have decided what the new maps would look like every 10 years, and I think they've been doing that since the 1970 census, is my understanding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know people are, you know, very waiting with high anticipation of what the new maps will look like after the 2020 census. I know I am. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I think... What is important at the end of the day is making sure that, you know, our maps are fair, uh, that we have, a, you know, that the playing field is as level as possible so that way people are choosing their representatives. We never want a situation where uh, the representatives are choosing their voters. That's not how our democracy should work. Um, and so, you know, we want to make sure that the maps are fair, that the districts are balanced, um, and that people get a real a real choice and a real vote when they go to the polls. You know, it's interesting. Um, many years ago, I never would have compared Minnesota to other states, especially in the South. But we are starting to see some big, gigantic changes that have that some seem like they're not even legal. Okay, and so we need to know, be educated about what is happening in the other states and how it can affect us if we don't stay awake. Do you agree? Yeah, it's always good to know what's happening in the other states because the way this country tends to work is every state has its own rules and regulations, but there are so many lobbyists and special interest groups that go across to different states to try to uh, pass a version of their own agenda. Um, So I think it does make sense for uh, people to be engaged in what's happening in their communities and in their state, but also to kind of keep an eye out about what could be coming from other states. Um, you know, like you said, what we've seen is across the South, um, particularly when it comes to voting rights, there's been a lot of states that have passed laws that uh, significantly uh, suppress uh, voters' access to the polls. And so, you know, it's important that we don't have laws like that in Minnesota um, because we want to make sure that voting, you know, voting is a right. It's enshrined in, in our Constitution and, and in various uh, court cases that have gone up. And so... We want to make sure that everyone has the ability to vote. Um, so, yeah, so those, that's really important for people to look at what's happening in other places and, and find ways to make sure if it's something good that's happening in other places to bring it here um, or if it's something bad in other places to make sure it doesn't happen. You know, I'm a part of the North Minneapolis community, so I'm really excited to have you join us tonight as State Representative Esther Abaje is joining us, and we really appreciate you giving us some updates and hope that you really um, can see and find your way through all of the muck, because uh, there's a lot of that. And as we watch all the other uh, districts and all of the other state representatives, um, we keep trying to find those that agree on both sides, and it seems to be impossible. So I wish you well. And I do hope to get an update on you again sometime this year, especially after the election. Yes, most definitely. Well, happy to come back on the show uh, anytime. And thanks so much. Thanks, Esther. Have a good night. All right, everyone. We're going to take a break here and we'll be back in a moment. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back, everyone. Bottom line is I get very frustrated with Every time we have to get the legislatures, the legislature to really answer the questions and get together and do what's good for the people of Minnesota. How about that? The people of Minnesota. And it always feels to me like it's never going to happen. You know, we go into special sessions too much. We, I mean, there's so many things that we do that we shouldn't be doing. And then the things we should be doing is very difficult to get us to work together. So with the country being divided, and we've heard so much about being divided, I think we've been defi- divided a long time ago. I don't think this just happened with President, former President Trump. I don't think that. I think it's been decades when we've been actually watching ourselves split in half. And it's so frustrating. You know, if you're sitting at home and you own a home or um, you're trying to pay your bills because everything's more expensive, you look at fuel and how much gas is costing right now. I don't know about Jonathan. Um, I filled my car up and it took $49. I don't think I've ever paid $49 to fill up my car. I'm not using premium, right? I mean, come on. I, I use 87 in my car. I'm, Why I'm, in the world is it that high? Three forty. I, I still don't believe that it's as high as it was in two thousand eight and two thousand nine. I don't. I I remembered back in the recession. I thought we got over four dollars here. We never got to five, and in California, we right never now, got to five for eighty seven. It's like five something, five thirty five or five fifty a gallon. Come on. I, and it's I, and it's kind of spreading as you keep going, uh, you know, <laughs> right? Going south. Well, I don't know about south, but going west. Absolutely, it's happening. And it, I, I keep asking myself, why? Why is everything going up? I because, went into Cub because, not long ago, and they didn't have any chicken. I understand that things are out in the ocean on these boats, and they're trying to get the supplies in and all of that. But tell me why it's so difficult. To, to be honest, my opinion is because our whole system is just screwed up. Now, whether you want to blame log jams from our own side, whether you want to blame businesses taking business out of the United States and taking manufacturing out of the United States and, and all this stuff and going to other countries, we are now at a point where everything is just screwed up. Um, personally... I would like I, I don't mind seeing stuff coming back to the United States, but again, if countries want to invest in the United States, they're gonna to have to pay to invest in the United States. They're not gonna they're not gonna be able to pay the same wages and and have the same conditions that they have in some of these other countries, especially in South and Southeast Asia. They're just not. And 
until the companies bow up and say, okay, we're going to provide good conditions, we're going to bring jobs back, Everybody talks about, oh, you bring jobs back, and this was, this was let go by the Bush administration, the Obama administration. They let all the jobs go. Well, wait a minute. The companies didn't have to let the jobs go. The, right. companies, the companies could have improved working conditions and made working conditions and a living wage possible, but they looked at the bottom line. They looked at the bottom line, and they said, okay, where can we cut costs? Where can we raise profit? It's part of the world of business, and I say this to say – I am not anti-business. I am not anti-business. Neither am I. But, but if, the, if the young people cannot um, secure a living wage, what do they expect will happen? Again. If they can't afford an apartment, if they can't afford a car, just think what um, rental cars, astronomical prices. Um, you talk about buying a used car astronomical prices. It's been unbelievable what's been happening in the last five to eight months. And I keep asking myself, why is this happening? What is the end game? Again, I come back to this often and I ask this question and you know the answer to this question. What is the number one goal of a business? If you want to stay in business, what's the number one goal of a business? No matter what your cause is, no matter what your, your hope is of, of, helping whatever cause or community you want to do, you got to make a profit. If you don't make a profit, you're not really going to stay in business that long. Right. Like I said, a living wage. How do these young people get ahead of the game if they don't have a living wage? How are they going to donate to charities if they don't have enough I'm, I'm money not even, to I'm live not in ta- an apartment? I'm not even talking about the, the workers in the company. I'm talking about the overhead of the, of the overarching reach of the business itself, of that company, of that corporation. If you don't make money, you're going to be out of business. It's, yeah, well, it's just, it's just simple economics. <laughs> it's just simple. It's, I'm, just, I'm just saying when, when people talk about different things in the business world, I'm like, oh, businesses are trying to make a profit because if they don't make a profit, then they're not they're going to get – overrun by somebody or they're going to get bought out by somebody they're looking to make a profit they're looking to make as it sounds more like you're talking about small business than you know all of them no any business any business oh there's so much to talk about we got to take a break and do weather and we'll come back with our next guest sarah groves in just a moment what what so what do you do This is that time when we get a chance to visit with those that we may not remember or what they do. And, of course, Sarah Groves, many of you may have heard of her. Um, She has been singing for many, many years, and she is a Christian singer. And she's joining us tonight to talk about Echo Concerts, a concert that she's doing, and what is the um, out Art House North. There's so many questions. Anyway, I just can't wait to talk to her because she's been at singing uh, Christian music for a long time. Sarah Groves, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. It's so good to to chat with you. Thanks. Yeah, it's great to chat with you. By the way, honey, you've been doing this for how long? At 97. I made my first album in 97. So coming up, I guess, on 25 years. 
How about that? And your voice hasn't changed much. Your speaking voice surely hasn't. And I've been listening <laughs> to several of your songs from your album, and I, I don't know. It's just it's really great to hear your voice. Are you still as excited about singing Christian music or just singing overall, no matter where you are? Are you as excited about the gift to be able to do that as I am? Because I think it is one of the greatest gifts someone can have. I feel extremely grateful. You know, COVID um, basically cleared my calendar for any travel, so I haven't been out doing a lot of live shows, but um, just even getting the chance to connect with people going online and things like that. Um, I ended up producing the new record last year, and um, yes, I feel as, I think, more grateful. I'm I'm knocking on 50 years old, so I feel these days like (laughs) I take... (laughs) Any opportunity, I'm just very, uh, very grateful that people are listening. So tell me what you've been doing since COVID has taken over in the last two years. And I hear that you've got a concert coming up. Uh, coming up. I want you to tell us about that as well. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Um, the, the concert's in support of, of Five Stone Media, who are telling stories about mental health, trying to really equip communities of faith to talk about mental health in we're not very equipped, you know, to talk to someone who's experienced tragic loss, loss of a child, um, is experiencing mental health uh, issues. And so um, we could grow in that in so many ways. And so I've I've written about my own journey with mental health, uh, with especially with depression. I had a record that came out in 20, um, 2015 called Floodplain, and that's about my journey uh, with depression. And so um, I'm really excited to, to just... Uh, tell stories from my own life and in, uh, in support of this in- incredible work that they're doing in, in bringing stories. But um, yeah, so COVID's been, you know, an interesting stretch. I, uh, I produced an album for the first time, so uh, you might appreciate that. I know you just have a rich history of music yourself. And um, I, I got talked with a friend and said, I don't know the technology of my own business. I don't know Pro Tools or how to kind of do my own thing. And she just said, you should, you should do it. She encouraged me to try it and learn the language. So I had a friend that was going to be coming to my house to help me set up a little studio. I ordered all the stuff. I had boxes in my front foyer and uh, COVID hit. And so I, I was just alone with boxes. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. you know, watched a lot of YouTube and, and uh, figured out how to set it up and uh, ended up self-producing uh, record number 14 uh, last year. So I made some use of the time, and then I've done a lot of what everyone else is doing, just kind of uh, putting one foot in front of the other. You know, um, it's it's been a challenging and, you know, at some times refining time. You know, it is refining time for all of us, whether you're singers or not. And as we keep floating through this amazing um, this amazing thing that we do in various states and cities, including Minnesota, of course, and that is the sing-alongs, people wanting to sing along with your music. You, you just released an album back in November of 2021, and I can just imagine the joy you had releasing that. Um, tell us about the concert that's coming up, and are you, you, know, you have so many options of, of songs to sing um, that you've written. I'm just curious to know how in the world are you going to decide? Yeah, I... Um... I'm really looking forward to it, and I, like I said, I haven't done a lot of live music in the last two years. I've been going online quite a bit and, and doing stuff online. I teach some songwriting stuff, and so I've been connecting with people that way. Um, but 
this will be a lot of fun for me. And I've got my band, which is all from the Twin Cities. Um, my, you know, uh, brothers in music that have been on the road with me for 20-some years. So it's going to be a sweet night. And, um, and you know, I've been telling stories about, um, you know, empathy and, and mental health for a long time. And I, um, I've always tried to write about the whole of life. And I think I've never really occupied that space of... Um, of like worship music, but more writing about just singer songwriter writing about the whole of life. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited to share songs about, uh, the, the journey that I've been on and, um, and hopefully tell the story of five stones media really well, because they're, they're basically creating, um, uh, video resources for faith communities to learn how to talk about mental health. And, uh, I'm, I'm excited to support them. You know, it's quite fascinating how uh, COVID has changed so many of us. Uh, we keep trying to stay who we were in, in 2019. And I find myself, you know, searching for me. It's like, okay, I've changed. I've really changed during this COVID time, this COVID storm. And I, um, I have a daughter and she said to me, mom, you know, I have, uh, I was a little bit of a introvert, uh, but I was mostly an extrovert, but now I'm starting to feel like I'm more of an introvert. And I relate to that. I mean, I am absolutely not an introvert, but I have to tell you, there are times when I just want to be by myself, you know, in in a moment that allows me to strengthen and grow and, you know, the books that I read or the papers that I read, all of that, whatever we pour into ourselves is going to help us become someone, uh, not necessarily the one we are today. Has that been a challenge for you during this COVID time? Definitely. I, um, I have two boys in college, so I just have one daughter at home now, and um, she and I have have really grown close. I think that would be coming out of all this, like you t- talk about your family, and I think that obviously that that intentional time together has been. I would have never had it like this, you know. Um, but but it's also it it takes a toll. All that you hunker down, and it's hard to unhunker and get back out. <laughs> people you know so true yeah the new record I was trying to write about a lot of that just about what we're we're doing a lot of you know we're having a lot of important conversations this has broken us wide open and we're trying to decide who who we are what we're going to be like and and we're trying to have conversations about interpersonal reconciliation and then community reconciliation and so I think, you know, a lot of this, this record I was trying to ruminate, think through, like, how do we tell ourselves the truth, you know, about where we are? Because I, yeah. I think this time has forced us to really examine things and to, uh, for me anyway, I'm seeing things I never saw. And it's humbling. It's been, uh, it's been a, a, a deep work, you know. So, um, yeah, I want to, I don't want that part to stop. I want to keep moving forward in that. But there's been a lot of grief, too, obviously, just the, the loss of of life through COVID, but also the um, just the divisions, you know, uh, it's happening at every level of, of our communities. So um, I, I'm, I want to keep talking about what do we do with that? You know, how, how do we keep seeing each other? And and uh, so it's been it's never all one thing, right? It just feels like so much is happening. There's this, like you said, that hunkering down, that introverted part of yourself that's just taking a deep drink. <laughs> and yeah. then then there's the, 
okay, how do I re-engage then with the world and especially with people that I disagree with and that I'm, you know, having all this strife with? Um, yeah, it's just an unbelievable shaking, breaking time. You know, what's fascinating to me is that those of us that sing Christian music or gospel music, what have you, uh, people really do expect you to be the strongest. You know, it's like, oh, you're singing that stuff all the time. Obviously, you know, you, you are connected with God and you you are much stronger than the rest of us who are not. And I am blown away by that because as human beings, we all go through Right. (laughs) And, you know, when people kind of approach you and say, well, what has it been like? I mean, have you been depressed or that sort of thing? Um, You don't know how to answer them sometimes. It just can't be yes or no. You need to sit them down and go, "Okay, let's talk. So how did you deal with um, the people that came to you and said, let's talk? I want to know where you are, um, if you still have God in your life. And I'm like, if you still have God in your life, it just blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, for for us, I mean, when I'm, when I'm writing a song, I get to have a conversation, hopefully a deeper conversation. And in this, with this music, I was trying to have, you know, some of those more nuanced conversations that I definitely, I'm really wide open with the fact that I struggle with depression. And, um, but I have, you know, I have people, I move in a lot of different spaces, you know, and so I have some people that will they feel like that's, you know, that's a faith issue. And, and I, I, then I kind of go to them as an ambassador to say, Hey, no, no one's praying more than me. (laughs) I, but I struggle, you know? And so I think in some ways I can maybe by sharing openly about my own story, I can, um, you know, debunk some of that, like what you said. Um, I, I don't, I've never had that sense of certainty, you know, but, uh, I have had, uh, a strong faith, and I I think that, um, but that that's a journey for for everyone. And, and in the music, I think I get to have those longer, a little bit maybe those conversations. Well, three minutes worth. <laughs> yeah, you know, as you keep moving forward, I know you have an event on February twenty fourth, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Story Rising is that the one? The benefit for Five Stone Media. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if people want to go to this, it's it's really a benefit. And, you know, a lot of people say you go to these galas and it doesn't feel like it moved along as much and others are just absolutely thrilled about it. Um, tell me about the the program that you're going to do, how many songs, and um, what what are you really looking forward to at the benefit for Five Stone Media? Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing with my friends. So I play with Aaron Cagrini, Zach Miller here in the Twin Cities, and... Um, and uh, I'm excited to be on just making music again. Um, and I think I'm doing about an hour of music. And then there's some other parts to the program. I actually don't know all the, all the elements, but I know that um, it's in support of, um, of Five Stone Media. And, and they're, they're telling the stories of people who are experiencing mental health um, crises so that they're wanting to educate people how to, how to talk to somebody who's having a crisis. Because we just don't know how to converse with someone, you know, when they tell us, like you just said, if someone comes up and says, I'm experiencing depression, if we make that, you know, uh, a a situation where we create shame around that or guilt or something, you know, then that's not really helping that, that person in their journey. And so, um, uh, someone, someone I love said church should look like a, like a hospital or like AA. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. 
and and uh, so I I think the tone of the evening is going to be how, how do we how do we talk honestly about what we're experiencing and and uh, how how are we a faithful presence to the people in our lives that are experiencing mental health crisis? A faithful presence. Wow. There you go. Beautiful. And I, I, I look forward to hearing more from you. You know, we don't get to have you on the show as often, but I sure would like to have you back um, sooner than later. And it's really remarkable what you've been doing. Keep doing it. Keep growing. Uh, keep experiencing the goodness of people. Uh, and that's what has blown me away during COVID. So it's been a yeah. pleasure having you on tonight, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. All right. Take care of you. All right. Okay. Oh, and if people want more information, where do they go for the tickets? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, Um And I don't know the other link. Sorry. But I, you can find out about it at our website. Okay, you got it. Thank you again. And uh, arthousenorth.com, I know you are associated with them as well. Um, So keep doing it. Keep doing it. And we will talk again. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Take care, Sarah. You too. Bye-bye. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steel. I've been doing it a long time. 22 years, and it has really been a pleasure being here with you on Sunday nights from 7 to 11. It's really quite remarkable how far we've come with the Super Bowl already. I thought the game took four hours, and Jonathan just corrected me on that. And, Jonathan, tell us where we are right now. Well, it's great that you came to me at this moment because because we have an instant update from Los (laughs) Angeles. Matthew Stafford throws an out pattern to Cooper Cup, the best wide receiver in football this season. The Rams score a touchdown and have now gone up 23 to 20 with 1 minute and 25 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. Oh my god, how do you breathe? <laughs> I'm telling you this has Yikes. been a, this has been a heck of a game. It's been a heck of a back and forth. Both quarterbacks have have had to deal with a bit of injury in this game. They've both had their legs rolled up on. So it, it's it's been going back and forth in the Rams. They they've been shut out or shut down for the most part in the second half. Cincinnati's defense has done a great job. They've done it all season. They've been what they've called themselves a second half team. But the Bengals, ever since they got their field goal uh, to go up twenty to thirteen, they haven't had a chance to score. They have not scored since. And so the Rams defense is really locked down the last quarter and a half. And now it's going to be on the Rams defense versus the Bengals offense to decide mm-hmm. this game. And we could go to overtime. A field goal sends it to overtime. Touchdown for Cincinnati wins it. If the Rams stop them or get a turnover, this ball game is essentially over. Oh, my goodness. So we have a minute and 25 seconds? Minute 25 seconds. Rams Yikes. are just about to kick off. Oh, Gosh, I can just imagine my brothers right now, you know, my my guy. I could just imagine them watching this game and what they're all thinking about it because um, it's kind of heart-wrenching, right? You just don't know. Yeah, and, I can't and, wait to talk to Michael about it. And, and especially when you don't have a dog in the fight, technically, um, like, you know, Minnesota fans, Green Bay fans, Kansas City fans, any of the fans that are outside of Cincinnati and outside of, uh, Los Angeles that don't have a rooting interest, you basically want a compelling game, a dramatic game, a good game, and I think it has been a very 
good Super Bowl on both sides. The defenses have played well. The offenses have made timely plays, have made some big plays, and it's coming down to a last final drive. So we'll see what happens as, uh, oh, boy. And and Cincinnati gets gets a pass down the sideline. Jamar Chase, the eclectic rookie, the electric rookie out of LSU, uh, gets down the sidelines for about 14 yards, first down, gets out of bounds. I, let me tell you, I was, you know, kind of texting when the game first started and, you know, as it kept going and all of a sudden the score started happening. You know, some people I, I was on with, they were saying things like, well, you know, it's not as good as we expected yet, blah, blah, blah. Man, this is a, you know, nail biter for sure. It It is. And another completion for Cincinnati. They are trying to line up quickly, letting the clock run. It's now down under a minute 10. Mm-mm-mm. Second down and one, just around midfield. We're not going to have time to get to, to this before the news comes on. And so you may have a CBS update where it talks about the finish to this game. But it's coming down to the wire. And uh, 48 seconds ago, third and one for Cincinnati incomplete pass. I can imagine you're sweating right now. <laughs> you know, the heart's, the heart's up a little bit. It's racing a little bit. But... I, I, I'm in that situation where I'm kind of like, eh, should either team win this game? I, I wish there were other teams in this game. But but either team that wins it, it's going to be well-deserved. They were two of the best teams in the league the entire season. Well, I can't wait to hear, man, who won. Okay, it's time for us to take a break. Coming back with center stage, man. But we got to know who won. <laughs> we'll be back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 